0: Everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly podcast. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today's special guest is Courtney Rivard. Courtney is a certified life coach who helps Gen X women who feel stuck and want to feel more joy, meaning, and freedom in their lives, but can't seem to take action on their own. Whether they want to start a business, make a career move, go back to work after their kids have grown, or just love their lives again. She helps them get clear on what they want and to overcome the barriers that keep them stuck so they create lives they're excited to wake up to. She is also the host of Real, Brave and Unstoppable podcast available on all major streaming platforms. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Courtney, I am so excited to have you as a guest today on My Sentiments Exactly podcast to share your story um, you ended up being in a mixed orientation marriage and we are raising awareness today. Um, so thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show and for being willing to share your story.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so so much for having me. It's really great to be here.
0: Of course. Um, so we're going to start out with a conversation starter. Um, it'll be a random question and you'll just answer that and we'll get right into sharing your story.
1: OK, sounds good. Right.
0: OK, what
1: is your life's motto? Ooh. Ooh. Um, gosh, that's a tough one. Um, I think I would say, um, it, I think what I would say is the words, what if I can, <laughs> um, oh. I once had, um, what I, when I first was working with a coach, um, trying to figure out what to do with my life career wise, there was something I was talking about and I said, oh, I don't know if I can do that. And she asked me, well, what if you can? And it just sort of shifted oh. my, um, yeah. So I love that so much that I might get a tattoo that says that too. So that is incredible. No, I love that yeah. so much.
0: That's, that's, a, that's an amazing motto. Everyone that's listening, we might have to steal that, um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's such a good motto. Thank you so much um, for sharing. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get right into you sharing your story. Um, there may be some listening that are not really sure what mixed orientation marriage is Um, just kind of what, your journey is. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself um, and start us wherever you feel comfortable in your journey?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'll just start quickly by telling you a little bit about me. Um, I am a life coach and I haven't always been a life coach. I used to be an aerospace engineer and um, just uh, you'll you'll learn a little bit about how I um, ended up here as I told my story. But um mm-hmm. The aerospace engineering comes into play because my ex-husband and I met, um, we were both engineers at Boeing in Seattle. And um, we met there, we got married in 1997, and we have two kids. And um, after 17 years of marriage, I discovered some emails on his phone that he was, I, I, clearly he was having an affair with someone. And as I kept reading through the emails, it became clear to me that he was having an affair with a man and, um, it completely just blindsided me. I had no idea. Um, I had no idea that that was even a thing like to suspect that. And, um, it just, it kind of started this whole, you know, he, when I found out he begged me not to leave him cause he said he still loved me. He didn't, um, he didn't know if he was gay or if you know what that situation was. And okay. so, yeah, so he talked about like, you know his unhappiness in our marriage. And um, um, he had, he had kind of expressed that he wanted to maybe get some help with some counseling earlier in the year. Um, but then had decided he had his own things he wanted to work on before we went into couples counseling. And um, so he was doing that. And then it just, it just kind of like we didn't, it it happened where he just kind of kept doing his individual therapy. And then we never really followed through with the marriage counseling. And then I, from this out and they had been having the affair for about eight months and it was wow like, okay yeah it was very serious like they there was i love you in the email okay. um yeah and the the man that he was having the affair with was actually married to a gay man as well so he was so it, okay so it was a, his his partner his um like lover should we say was in a same-sex marriage so um We went through marriage counseling for about five months and, um, as you know, it was very up and down. It was really hard for me because it was just really uncertain what the outcome would be. And, um, I did all kinds of research, like, you know, how do we make this work? Um, are there same, are there mixed, mixed orientation marriages that actually do work? What would that involve? What would that look like for me? What would that look like for him? Um, and that was not easy to, to even look into that. It was really, um, devastating, um, but we got to a point where, you know, closer and closer to the fall, I found out in the summertime. And as we got closer to like holiday season, it started to become clearer and clearer that this was not moving in the direction that I was hoping it would. Um, and then around Thanksgiving of that year, it was about six years ago, he decided that he was in fact gay and he wanted to end our marriage. So that began, that began this divorce process of, um, it was really difficult. I wish we would have been able to say, Hey, this isn't going to work out. So why don't we do this amicably? Um, that was not the case. It was, it was a really messy divorce. And, um, okay. Um, but yeah, so here I am today. Now we are divorced. Um, For a long time, like we just didn't get along, and it was it was really, really contentious relationship. And now we actually do get along and okay. Yeah. And I think now today, like um, as much as I still sometimes have a little bit of like anger towards Mm -hmm. him that I had to really start my life over. And um Yeah. And sometimes in these relationships or in these situations, um, the straight spouse is what we (laughs) call ourselves. Yeah, I saw that. yeah. And we kind of get the straight spouse sometimes gets a little bit left behind because um, the the gay spouse is like, well, everybody's very um, like proud of them for coming out. And, you know, for they're sure. finally, yeah, they're finally honoring who they really are. They're being authentic and true to themselves. Um, which, yes, you would never want someone to keep living um, to as somebody that they're not. But um, the straight spouse, tends to be kind of forgotten where it's really difficult to go through it and speaking for myself and I know other people too, um, you know, we don't always handle it. It's, it's not something that we just go, okay, well, we're getting, we're we're getting divorced. So no big deal. Let's just move on. It's a really difficult, painful process that involves a lot of emotions and a lot of struggle. And so, yeah. you know, when we don't handle it so gracefully, it's kind of like, well, what's wrong with you? Your spouse had to, I mean, he's, he's gay. So why don't you just get over it and move on? And that's something that's, I think, really difficult for people that go through this, this whole thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, and this was after, sev- you said 17 years? Yeah. And two children, mm-hmm. um, I, can- I can't even imagine. The amount of emotion. Um, Did you what were your feelings um, when you when you first found out and just kind of how, you know, as things transpired, um, did you like wonder, well, you know, what was the past 17 years? Like, what were your thoughts with that? Like, I'm, I'm sure there might have been like some sort of doubt or like backtracking, you know, trying to like go back and recount um, you know, situations, um, because, you know, it, that would technically be a form of betrayal, um, you know, for you. Um, and I know when anyone is, is betrayed, just in personal, you know, situations, when you feel betrayed, you kind of go back and try to see like, were there signs before or, um, things like that. So what were your, what were your feelings? How did you, how did you even deal with that emotionally? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, oh there was so much. Um, yes, I, I did like, um, <laughs> I, I asked a lot of questions. Um, mm-hmm. it made me, it made me question like, well, is this the first time? Like, have you had Got other you. affairs? Um, it turned out that he said he hadn't had any while we were married, but he had, he had had an experience in college that was fairly brief, but when the person he was um, experimenting with, we'll just say, wanted mm-hmm. to come out as, he was like, oh, no, 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 that's not what I want. That's gotcha. not who I am. Um, so th- according to him, that was like the only instance. Um, so I I'll, I have no way of, not, of knowing otherwise. So I will yeah. you know, take a metaphor for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it really did make me think like, well, what was this? Did you just get married to me mm-hmm. because you were afraid to be gay? I mean, I get it. In that time, um, like it was in 1997, we got married and it was not. You know, it's different today. It's, I'm not saying it's okay. different today, you know, but it was not, it was even harder then, you know, to be, um, to come out in that time frame. And so I questioned, like, did you, did you just get married? Because that's like what you're supposed to do. And I was like, convenient. Mm-hmm. and, you know, he swore like, no, he really always loved me. And, um, and I, I believe him at that, you know, um, but it, it really did. It brought up a lot of feelings of inadequacy. What did I do wrong? For sure, um, you know. And it, then I struggled with just when I found out, I was in shock. I I felt like I was yeah. in a nightmare. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards, it just I felt like the the ground had been taken. You know, like I was in quicksand. The ground was gone, and I had nothing. I I didn't know which way was up. <laughs> Basically, and I struggled mm-hmm. with really bad depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, really tried so hard to fill the ho- that hole that was gone, and yeah. it just like I ended up getting this re- relationships that were not healthy for me, and it, it took a while for me yeah. to really get past it and um, heal from that.
0: Yeah, i i can I can only imagine. Um, I'm so glad that you, you know, have gotten past it are you know, still getting past it. Um, I'm sending you a virtual hug. <laughs> um, thank you so much again for being willing to share this. I know it's I know it's not easy. Um, and you don't have to go into detail. But for those that have um, children, um, how how did you navigate that um, with with your children?
1: Yeah, that was really difficult. Um, So I had two kids. My son at the time was 12 and my daughter was four going on five at the time. Um, My daughter, she, you know, she wasn't really, she was so young that it was, it it was kind of like, in terms of my ex-husband's sexuality, it wasn't really like she really understood that, yeah. you know, she was too young, but it was difficult for my son. I, th- I think at first, and he's not, you know, kids are hard to really get, um, a really Especially good read teenagers. on what they're thinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, but we did get him into a counselor right away and, um, okay. and we started working on that, but, um, but it was hard and, you know, there, it's, I think even anytime you go through divorce, even if it's a not the situ kind of situation Mm -hmm. being like being civil in front of the kids is so hard. It's, it's Mm -hmm. like, I had to really, and I definitely was not perfect by any stretch. I think I was hurting so bad that um, I definitely made mistakes, but it like one thing I would say out there, if you're listening and you are going through this, even if you're just going through a divorce with um, opposite sex, Is that you know? It took me a while to remember that my reality is not my kid's reality, and I Um, would never want. Yeah, and it it was. I mean, it was hard to get there, but like the things that I am experiencing, they are not experiencing that same thing. And their other parent loves them so much, and I would never want my kids to have, um, you know, to have only one parent in their lives. I, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not. it's, It's. the best for them to have the two. Um, so that was a re- that was a really difficult thing to learn. But you, know, yeah. you sort of have to get space from the situation to kind of embody that.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, realizing that your children aren't going through the same emotions; they they're not experiencing that level of betrayal that you're experiencing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's really really good advice. What would you say? Because um, we talked a little bit before. I'm actually recording about um, how common this this is. And, you know, you were saying before it happened to you, you weren't even aware um, that it was a reality. Um, and before recording this, neither was I. Um, so what would you say are some of the most now that you are in the, the community um, of people that have experienced this? What would you say are some of the most common misconceptions or stereotypes? Um, associated with this type of situation, whether you had those misconceptions or stereotypes or, you know, you've just kind of seen it the way society is.
1: Yeah. um, That's a good question. Um, I think, first of all, it's something that um, I I just want to highlight too, that it happens so much more than um, you think it does. I I actually know somebody who this recently happened to too. And um, when I first found out about it and started, you know, getting online to see if I could find information about it. It was like story after story after story. And there's even a group, a national group called the Straight Spouse Network that um, is is support for people in this very same situation. Um, I think the other thing I would say, though, in terms of like just sort of misinformation or stereotypes um, would be that... um, I think it put me, once I was kind of removed from the situation a little bit and had some, you know, it healed a little bit, was able to really look back. I think that what I realized is that this choice for my husband, um, he, initially I was so angry about it. And I think like when I really took the time to think about it and be empathetic about it, I realized that it's not an easy thing for people to do to like decide to leave a marriage because of their sexuality for a a number of reasons. But I think like with my ex-husband, one of them was just coming to terms with his sexuality was one thing that was not easy for him. And second of all, like his family, like he did love his family. And he like that was also a really difficult decision to just to, to leave that to To have a life that was more authentic to him, mm-hmm. um, so I think that it's easy to sort of look at that and go, "Oh, you know what a jerk he you know married he married me and had a family with me and then just you know threw me away." Yeah. But like, it's and yes, there's there's some there's a lot to, there's <laughs> lot to that because there's a lot of hurt on my part. But I think that I do for look sure. at it and see that it's not an easy road for it wasn't an easy road for him either. And like I can say that now. Got you.
0: Got you. Okay. Um, so for those that may have experienced, um, a similar situation and now they are afraid to even date or entertain another relationship, what advice would you give them?
1: Well, I think the first thing I would say is, um, like if you're in a place where you are like not healed, what, if your relationship is just recently Mm -hmm. ended don't date too soon (laughs) or if you you do like um, try to uh, try to get to know yourself again before you go there too deep um like really to be okay with yourself and to really heal like what's missing before you try to make someone or try to bring someone else on board to to fill that because it just never will work and second of all i think like once you're in a place where you are feeling healed um just remember to take it a step at a time. Sometimes I still have, and I have a boyfriend I've been with for four years and some, I still have some trust issues with like, gotcha. you know, like what if like, you know, and, and it's, and it's not only like that, but it it's just like, well, this was supposed to be forever and mm-hmm. we we're married for 17 years. I, I thought we were safe. <laughs> and so, yeah. I think, and so I think like now it's kind of like, anytime I have a hard time with anytime something feels a little like wrong, like tense or something in my relationship, I sort of have this tendency to be like, "Uh Oh, something's wrong. This is not right. the right relationship for me. So there is okay. a little bit of that. So I would say like, you know, just remember that it's like a trauma experience and yeah. you have to like, you know, you really do have to be kind to yourself and really kind of slow down and you know, take things a step at a time. And, and don't, and and try as much as you can not to be afraid because like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to find love again, like you will find it. It's just, you have to kind of be, um, you have to be ready for it. And it's, it's a risk for anyone, you know, like nobody, nobody, even if you've never been married, you know, falling Mm -hmm. in love or finding someone is always a risk and you, it's so uncertain and you never know if it's going to last forever or not. But um, when you, when you think about like mindfulness and being in the moment, like that's what that's about is that you have to just really like trust that where you are right now in this moment is where you're supposed to be and just kind of go with it one step at a time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and you were saying that you, you know, know someone that this has recently happened to. So for someone who is a friend or family member that, that knows that this is happening um, to someone and just kind of wants to support them, should they not say anything? should they say anything? You know, what is appropriate to say what's not you know helpful um, to say to someone going through that situation or just having got out of it maybe through divorce or you know what have you?
1: Yeah, I think that um, a lot of times people don't know what to say because they um, i th- I think that a lot of people have it's very common to have a hard time like supporting someone without wanting to fix something mm-hmm. and feeling like feeling helpless that you can't fix it. Yeah, And so I think like, so sometimes people won't say anything cause they don't want to like make, they don't want to upset the other person or which mm-hmm. is very understandable. And I've been in that situation before too. But um, I think as somebody who's been through it, like just knowing that people are there to support you and that are holding space for you to like, go through it is really, really helpful. And so I think what I would say is if you know somebody going through it, like, you know, just tell them that you're here for them and you're thinking of them and you're here to support them how you can. Okay.
0: Yeah. Thanks for that. Um, I I can agree, you know, when people, you know, haven't known, you know, have no knowledge about what this is, um, it's difficult to support. Um, and like you said, it's, it's not really a fixable situation. Um, so that kind of stops people in their tracks when they're trying to support. So um, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, is there anything else that you feel is vital to raising awareness um, surrounding this topic or just? um support that you have found, um, whether that's through, you know, groups, you know, how have you managed to um, cope through this and what would you encourage um, for other people? I know you mentioned the um, Straight Spouse Network, which I think I saw when I was doing research on the topic. Um, So what are some ways that people can, you know, practically heal and, and cope from these things?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the number one thing to know is that like, you're not alone. There are a lot of people yeah. that are, yeah. And that's why um, the Straits Bus Network is so great is because there are other people at all stages of this that, um, you know, so it's not like you're just jumping into a group where everybody is in this, you know, place of just despair. It's like there are people who have yeah. been through it and have been not uh, gotten to the other side of it. Um, mm-hmm. And there are people, you know, in all stages of it. So, It's a great resource. And the Straits Bus Network has um, local chapters as well. So I know like right now, I'm sure they're not like meeting in person because of COVID. But um, Mm -hmm. when I went through it, like there were local meetups and stuff. So, you know, and then the other thing I would say is, you know, reach out to people, reach out for support. I know sometimes when you have something like this happen and you go through like depression, it's easy to want to isolate and just um, mm-hmm. you know retreat. but um, there are people that are want to be helpful. There are people who want to support you and um, don't you know, don't go it alone. like make sure you reach out. and um, one of the things I think that I think one of the things that comes up in this situation is um, a little bit of shame almost in that. How did this happen to me? Like, how did I have my spouse? It's it's almost like, I mean, I say this kind of jokingly, but like, you know, I, you know, it's like, you hear the joke. I turned my husband gay kind of thing, which obviously that is not true, but like, you know, you kind of have, I think I've heard that (laughs) before. Oh well, no. I mean, it was it's a joke. It's, it's like not that's what people say seriously, but it's like um, I, I think I heard it in a TV show or people. I'm but I was surprised. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So, like, I guess what I was trying to say is like um, is related to that kind of like joke. It's like, well, that's not absolutely not true. That is not yeah. what happened. But yeah. you know, there there's sort of a, a shame kind of associated with it that. Like, oh, I'm not like even attractive enough to appeal to my you know, you like your brain yeah. knows, even though it shouldn't, it does. And so, um, you know, just to know that, um just to know that like that's not that's that's not what it is. You know, you're mm-hmm. um you're worthy, you're enough, you're you're not um there's nothing wrong with you. That's the other thing. There's nothing wrong with you that this happened to you. It's just something that happened and you'll get through it.
0: Yeah, that's so important. And community is so, so, so important. And, you know, Courtney has shared um, for those listening or watching, you know, Courtney has shared how common of a reality this is. And I'm not sure about you all, um, but I was not aware of this, um, of of the, I'll say of how often it occurs Um, in marriages until I actually did um, research on the topic. And so I encourage you to really just pay attention to people that are in your community and whether you're in this particular situation or whatever situation, because we all have areas in our lives where we need community um, and we need that support to remind us that we're not alone on our journeys. So I just encourage you, whether it is with the straight spouse, um, network, if you're in this particular situation, or if you're just in a different situation to seek community and get what you can out of it, because we have to be here for each other. We have to be the ones to remind ourselves um, that we are worthy, you know, and that um, the things that happen to us aren't because there any there's anything wrong with us, but things just happen. Life just happens. Um, and that's one of the takeaways from today's episode, Um, And as Courtney said, you know, when you join these groups um, or networks, it's not, you know, all doom and gloom (laughs) and despair. There are people in different stages um, and that's healthy. Um, And Courtney has managed to kind of rebuild from her, you know, broken pieces. So I'll have you, Courtney, now to share where you are now and all of the wonderful, amazing things that you're doing now um, as a life coach.
1: Yeah, well it's been a long uh circuitous path here but um I when my son was born um in 2002 I quit my career to be a mom and then I started a photography studio as well. So I did that for a long time but then when my ex-husband and I split up, I didn't really know what I was going to do for, you know, to earn a living. Yeah. <laughs> through that cause photography yeah. was it's a tough industry to be in, um, in terms of like full-time reliable Mm -hmm. income. So, um, you know, everybody assumed, well, you'll just go back to engineering, which I did not want to do because the cubicle life, to be honest, is just not my thing. And so (laughs) I was kind of like doing everything to avoid that. Um, long story short, I hired a coach to help me try to figure it out. And, um, I just, I got, I kind of found coaching and I've signed up to, for a certification program and went through that whole, um, that whole thing, which took about a year and it was amazing. I learned so much about myself and, um, yeah, I started my own business and now I coach women, um, like Gen X women who feel stuck and really want more joy and meaning and freedom in their lives. I help them, um, create lives they're excited about. Uh, A lot of the women that I work with get to a place in their life where they just kind of feel like they're going through the motions. Um, Every day is the same and they want more, but they feel guilty for wanting more uh, because they, yeah. So I help them get over that and create lives they they love.
0: That's so incredible. Um, So where can people stay connected with you?
1: Yeah, the best place to um, find me is either my website, CourtneyRivar.com or on Instagram of Courtney Ravard Life Coach. Um, And I also have a podcast called Real Brave Mm -hmm. and Unstoppable. So you can check that out too. I drop an episode about every week and sometimes I have guests and most of the time it's solo cast, but um, yeah. So those are ways to find out what I'm doing.
0: That's great. Um, Thank you so much again, Courtney. I I feel like I thank you a million times since pre-recording. But thank you so much again for being willing to have um, the difficult conversations and help to raise awareness. Did you enjoy this episode? If you haven't already, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and our new YouTube channel with video interviews premiering in season three. I'd also love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing MSE Podcast's Conversation Starters Deck, available for purchase at ByGraceNP.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms by GraceNP.com and YouTube now. Hope to hear from you soon.